Rosh Chodesh Iyar, Lamed Benisan Tafshin Pei Aleph, coming to you live, live I tell you, from the offices of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Great Gidigov, Chodesh Tov, Yalev Yavo, welcome, welcome, one and all, into this uh, week's edition of The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We are on each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM. That translates to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time, and around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is, that's the time we're on. You may want to note that on the refrigerator on a note, because um, you don't want to forget that. Although if you do, we're on demand whenever you want. Just go to the Nachum Siegel Network app, where you can hear all the great programming, go to the archives, find The Israel Show, and pick which show you want to listen to from a large selection. The latest will be on top. Or go to NachumSiegel.com on your 
computer. You can do that too. And you can subscribe through the Apple Podcasts. That's amazing if you do that. That really is helpful to us. Even if you don't use it through there, even if you listen on the Nachum Single Network, but if you subscribe, it helps push up numbers. So you do that on, uh, you go to the Apple Podcast program and look for uh, Mayor Weingarten or Nachum Single Network. You should find it there. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your week, a part of your Rosh Chodesh, a part of your day. We will share with you today some of the um, opening remarks delivered by the state prosecution against Adolf Eichmann, whose trial opened... 60 years ago yesterday, 60 years ago yesterday, and um, a very famous opening by the state prosecutor Gidon Hausner will share with you the original sound and will translate it into English. If you've heard it, you surely want to hear it again, and if you haven't heard it, you should. And we'll give you some insights, our insights, into uh, how the Eichmann trial changed Israel. Not only changed the world's opinion and understanding of the Holocaust, but how it changed Israel and Israeli opinion about the Holocaust. And that's very, very interesting. We will also share with you this crazy controversy going on in Israel, where Israel has this uh, thing called the Israel Prize. It's the highest civilian honor that you give to people for accomplishments. Many famous people have gotten it for life's accomplishments in different areas, in different fields. Um, But, of course, every once in a while it gets tainted by politics. And um, we'll tell you about the current scandal, if you will, uh, the current uh, situation where there is a uh, controversy about the person who's getting it. We'll share with you whatever else comes up in whatever else we have time for. Going back to the music, Dudi Frischman and Yoni Genut, Nigun Miuchad Michelo. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
this year for Tu Bishvat and it is a beautiful melody all year round Nigun Miuchad Mishalo Dudi Frischman and Yoni Genut. My name is Mayor Weingarten you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network as we mentioned 60 years ago yesterday the Eichmann trial opened commenced in Yerushalayim came after the dramatic events of the capture of Eichmann in Argentina by the Mossad, his smuggling, smuggling him into, out of Argentina, I should say, and into Israel, and and then the preparation of the trial and so forth. It was something that all of Israel was in anticipation of so many interviews that I heard over the past few days as I was preparing for today, everybody seems to echo the same sentiment when they first saw him. He was like like a clerk in a post office, like the most nebuch, Nebuch, I think, was actually one of the words used. Nebuch-looking guy, and to imagine that all all that was different was that he put on a uniform and had the power to do whatever he wanted to and ended up killing millions and millions of Jews. It is unbelievable how the human being can become a devil. 
And so the trial was um, set up to take place in Yerushalayim. This was very... Uh, we, should, we should say that David Ben-Gurion was the Prime Minister of Israel at the time. This was very important to him, and he... He, I, I don't, I don't know if the word orchestrated is right, but he really watched over every detail and was in charge of giving the final approval for all the different decisions that were made along the way. He wanted it to be in Yerushalayim specifically, not in Tel Aviv, even though Tel Aviv was the big center of the country uh, 60 years ago, and Yerushalayim was a border town. No, Yerushalayim is the capital. Yerushalayim is the capital of Israel. It has significance. It has symbolism. And so they made sure to have the trial in Yerushalayim. They brought in special film crews in order to, um, to film the entire proceedings. Everything from beginning to end was filmed. In fact, uh, there's a movie, I believe, on Netflix or Amazon, um, the uh, Eichmann trial, which is not the actual trial, but the story of that camera crew that came from the United States to Israel to film this, and the story around the Eichmann trial itself. Um, So he made sure everything was filmed. There was no television in in Israel in those days. Israel didn't start uh, television broadcasting until 1967-1968. And uh, so, and this, uh, here we're talking about 61. So, um, yet they brought in this camera crew because they wanted everything to be documented. In fact, there is a YouTube channel, which is a balagan. I tried to find something yesterday on the YouTube channel, which is a uh, put up there by the Israel, Israel National Archives. If you want, um, I'll put a link up on our Facebook page if you want uh, um, to get the exact um, uh, URL, the exact link to that um, uh, YouTube group channel, actually, YouTube channel. Um, it's very messy, it's not in order, it, it takes a lot of time to find something, but it's all there. It's all there, and you can see the witnesses, and you can see Eichmann, the cold, unemotional, I mean, the man didn't ever, in, in the entire proceedings and post-proceedings, never once apologized or asked for any sort of uh, um, kindness or rahmanut that they should have uh, pity on him and not kill him and so forth it was like he was totally okay with the whole thing this is this, this, this was this was what he anticipated I guess and he has no problem with it it's an amazing uh, Amazing thing that uh, to notice when you look at him. He's most of the time sitting in the... He is always sitting in the glass booth. Protect his own should kill him. Uh, But he's sitting there and most of the time smirking. It's amazing to me. Um, So, Gidon Hausner opened up with a a classic um, introduction to his... Uh, prosecution. He was the prosecutor in the case on behalf of the State of Israel. 
Adolf Eichmann had a um, defense attorney. No Israeli defense attorney was willing to work, obviously, as Eichmann's defender. And so uh, Israel worked in to pass a law that would allow in this special case to bring a lawyer from outside of Israel, a German lawyer, who um, did not pass the bar in Israel, so couldn't practice in Israel, but they made it so that he could. His name was Servius, Servius, I think. Um, and um, this was the, the 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 lawyer, the defense lawyer that the family um, of Eichmann uh, requested. So these words that um, Gideon Hausner opened with, which I'll play for you now, a few, uh, like two clips, and uh, in between I'll translate. These words are really, I think, very famous in Israel, and uh, most people, especially of a certain age, will tell you exactly when they were said and by whom. Oh, here is the opening by Gideon Hausner, and we'll translate after the first segment. In this place, says Gidon Hausner as he opens the prosecution's case against Adolf Eichmann in 1961, in this place where I stand before you today, judges of Israel, to lead the prosecution of Adolf Eichmann, I do not stand alone. Standing with me now are six million prosecutors, but they are not able to rise to their feet and point an accusing finger at he who sits in the glass booth and cry out, I accuse, because their ashes are piled up on the hills of Auschwitz and the fields of Treblinka and are flowing in the rivers of Poland. Their graves are scattered throughout the length and breadth of Europe. 
Their blood cries out, but their voice cannot be heard. Therefore, I will be their voice. And in their name, I will bring this terrible indictment. Part 2. Sefer Divrei Hayamim Shel Am Yisrael Ravei Sebel Udmaot Hatsivui Begamai Chayi Melave Umazo Meaz Hopaata Albamata Historia Varparo Bimitraim Heflit Lano Tambe Siblotam Lashlik Dnehem Leo Amman <laughs> אשר עלה בידו לעולל את אשר עולל משפר הרשע של היטלר ואת אשר ביצע אדולף אייכמן הזרוע השלוחה של משפר זה להשמדת העם היהודי The history of the Jewish people is steeped in suffering and tears The imperative in thy blood live that has accompanied this nation ever since its first appearance on the stage of history beginning with Pharaoh in Egypt deciding to afflict them with their burdens and to cast their sons into the river Haman's decree to destroy, to slay, to cause them to perish. Chamanitsky slaughtered them in multitudes. They were butchered in Pitalurias pogroms, yet never throughout the entire blood-stained road traveled by this people, by this nation. Never since the first days of its nationhood has any man arisen who succeeded in dealing it such grievous blows as did Hitler's iniquitous regime as did Hitler's regime I should say and Adolf Eichmann as its executive arm for the extermination of the Jewish people Gideon Hausner went on for two days hours and hours reading the actual indictment and the the counts and so forth. But this opening remains such an important part of our history. And it's something that we should always remember, but we have an opportunity now as... um, as we are marking the 60th anniversary to the beginning of the trial, April 11th, which was yesterday, was 60 years. The speech itself, this speech that we just heard the beginning of, 
was given a week later because there's all kinds of, you know how it is, trials, all kinds of legal legal stuff that they have to deal with. So until the following Monday, which was the 17th, a week from next Monday, that's when the actual speech that you heard began, but the trial itself began here. Um, we'll take a musical break, and then I'll share with you some thoughts about what the trial of Eichmann did to the population in Israel itself, how it affected the uh, general mood and understanding of the Holocaust. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Does that happen? We don't know. I even checked it out before, and it ran its way through, but some reason it stopped in the middle. Sorry about that. Uh, Zemer Nugeb, also known as Hatishma Koli, made famous um, via the unfortunate death of uh, Ilan Ramon. This was the song that his wife asked uh, to be played for him. Every astronaut got to pick one. I play it today because um, the words of the song 
were written by Rachel, known in Israel as Rachel HaMishoreret. I, I would assume that most people in Israel who know about her and her songs, and many of them have been put to music and become uh, part of Israel's uh, um, culture, um, wouldn't know her last name. Her last name was Blovstein. Blobstein. And she passed away on Haftet Nisan, Taf Reish Tzadik Aleph, 1931. Yesterday was Haftet Nisan, so we figured we'd play a song or two of uh, of hers to remember her on her yard site. Um, some thoughts about uh, the effect of the Eichmann trial not around the world because that's a different that's a different story but in Israel when uh, when we look at the early zionists who left eastern europe in the late 1800s into the early 1900s not after 1933 then already people were running away from the danger of hitler and and so forth but up to that point the overwhelming majority of of people who left eastern europe and came to israel saw themselves as breaking from and escaping from the old Eastern European Judaism. Not everybody, obviously, but the overwhelming majority, which is why the overwhelming majority in voting for the different uh, pre-government bodies voted Mapai, Mapam, the socialist parties, who were non-religious and at times even uh, anti-religious because they ran away from that. They had this macho spirit of the quote-unquote the new Jew who stands tall and strong, who defends himself when attacked, who takes on the physically difficult job of farming the land and creating a reborn Eretz Israel and Am Yisrael. Uh, Ben-Gurion once said, we, we are attached to our Jewish sources, the Tanakh, the Maccabees, the revolts against Rome, the Bar Kokhva revolt, and then from the Bar Kokhva revolt, we skip over to Zionism, and everything else in the middle is not us. So they, they look down at Eastern European Jews. They looked down at those who stuck to the Misoret, to the, to the traditions of the Jewish people. They wanted to create this new Jew. But after, well, not but, after World War II, Holocaust survivors who came to Israel were very often looked down upon by the young Israelis who were so caught up in their macho self-image they couldn't identify or they didn't or they chose not to identify with the survivors who they saw as being led like sheep to the slaughter. Katzon latevach yuval. They would say things like, why didn't they fight back? 
like those socialist youth in the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. It was at times so bad that some terrible people would derogatorily call survivors Saboni. Alluding, Sabon means soap, alluding to the soap the Nazis made from Jewish remains. After the Eichmann trial, everything changed. After the trial, survivors were seen in a whole different light. The public in Israel was transformed after hearing the testimony of the survivors, seeing how difficult it was, seeing the torment and the torture of just talking about it and hearing how how inhumane this whole process was of what the Nazis did to the Jews and how even those who did rise up like in the ghetto uh, in the Warsaw ghetto had no chance had no chance against the Nazi machine the Israeli bravado was tempered Israelis heard about the hell that was the Holocaust and now understood how wrong they were. As if to say, Ilu Hayasham, if only they were there, they would understand what happened. Lots more to say, and we have said over the years. We've spoken about the capture of Eichmann in great detail. We've spoken about the trial in great detail, about the hanging of Eichmann, who ultimately, um, uh, a year plus later after everything, all the, um, all, all, all the trials and all the witnesses and the verdicts and, and the appeals and the, the request for clemency, all that, Israel went through it all. They wanted to go through the process in the proper way. And at the end of the day, Eichmann was hanged, burnt, and his ashes were spread over the waters of the Mediterranean. And in an interview yesterday that I saw, no, and in an interview that I saw yesterday with uh, the person that actually spread the ashes, he said he threw them out from the urn into the sea and then said to himself the Pasuk from Shirat Dvorah, Ken Yovdu Kol Oivecha Hashem. May all your enemies, God, may they all perish as such. Wow. When we come back from this next musical break, We'll talk a little bit about um, some other stuff. <laughs> we have enough stuff to keep us busy here for a while. Here is uh, Harel Scott with his cover of Yehoram Gaon's famous Hineni Khan. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
our Meir Milim segment, we shed light on a word or phrase in the Hebrew language. Meir Milim is inspired by the Galei Tzahal radio segments of Dr. Avshalom Kor and informed by the teachings of Dr. Lior Gottlieb. Here is this week's installment. Don't believe him if they tell you otherwise. Everyone likes to be complimented from time to time. Giving your family, friends, employees a word of encouragement is always encouraged. And of course, the opposite is true as well. So I can just imagine that as a nation, the Jewish people aren't thrilled that God himself calls us an Am Kishayorif, which is usually translated as a stiff-necked people. A nice way of saying, a bunch of stubborn, obstinate you-know-whats. And God does so no less than five times in the five books of Moses. Am Kishay Orif. Am, a nation of people. Kashe, a hard substance. Stiff, unbending, unyielding, inflexible. Orif is usually translated as neck, giving us the phrase a stiff-necked people. To be more specific, the RF is the back of the neck. In proper English, it's called the nape of the neck. But as usual, its meaning expands with time. In our case, RF expands from the back of the neck, the bottom where the neck is attached to the shoulders, to the neck itself, and then to, I'll break your neck. Yes, that's right. In the book of Dvarim, we learn that if a slain body is found in the field, and we don't know who's responsible for the killing, we are commanded to conduct a ritual where we take a young cow and kill it by breaking its neck, its orif, and hence the mitzvah is known colloquially as egla arufa, a young calf that is oreft, her neck is broken. Another example. V'chol peter chamor this is the mitzvah known as Petah Hamor. We redeem the firstborn donkey with a sheep. Vim lo tifteh. But what if you don't redeem the firstborn animal? In that case, vim lo tifteh va'arafto. And you should be oref it. Yes, kill it by breaking its neck. The body part, oref, turns into the act of killing by breaking the neck. Arifa. In modern Hebrew, it expands even more. Arifat Roshim metaphorically means somebody goofed and heads will roll. In times of war, Israel is divided into two categories, the soldiers who are on the battlefield and the civilian population, those on the home front. The battlefield is called the Chazit. The word in Hebrew means front. Chazit Habayit is the front or facade of the house. Maybe it comes from Jose, to see. We see in front of us. That's where we see. This is one of those cases where English and Hebrew use the same concept to describe something. Chazit means front. And both languages use that word to describe the battlefield. What is on the other side of the chazit? What is behind the front? The back or the neck. And so in Hebrew, the home front is called the oref. And Homeland Security Department is pikud ha-oref. But wait, there's another side, excuse the pun, to the oref. It's not enough to describe us as an obstinate people from the back. And so the Nevi'im, the prophets, found a way of quote-unquote complimenting us from the front as well. 
using the forehead instead of the neck as the metaphor. In modern Hebrew, someone who brazenly lies is said, Lishaker bemetzach nechusha, a forehead of copper. In a future Meir Milim segment, we'll deal with that side of the head as the metaphor used for the Jewish people's stubbornness. And that's this week's edition of the Meir Milim segment. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Eric Einstein with a classic, sometimes called Kineret, uh, sometimes called yeah, sometimes called Yam Kineret Shali, and sometimes called by its proper name Ve'ulai. Yet another song, the words written by Rachel Hamishoeret, whose yard site was yesterday. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Every year on Yom Ma'ot, Israel grants. The Pras Yisrael, the Israel Prize, to I believe twelve um, 
people who are outstanding in different areas. You have different sciences, you have culture, music, uh, li- uh, life's work, uh, and th- th- someone who's a winner of the Israel Prize, it- it- it's in a small way, like internationally you would say he's a Nobel Prize winner, or in America you would say, he, oh, he's an Academy Award winner. It, it tells you something about how his he is viewed in public. And if you are a winner of Pras Israel, you're seen as somebody who's accomplished a lot and done great things um, in Israel and uh, not on behalf of the State of Israel necessarily, but as part of the State of Israel. And, um, you know, people like Yehoram Gaon got it as a national treasure that he is. Um, Miriam okay I can't believe the name is escaping me now but um, you know who I'm talking about <laughs> oh, I can't believe it anyway uh, and yet on, um, on on the left side you have for years and years as the left controlled Israel many of the uh, winners were were left, radical left, Shulam and Aloni, uh, Menashe Kaddishman, Natan Zach, Mordechai Kirschenbaum. They may have been good in what they did, but politically they were very left. And usually the idea is, look, we don't really care, supposedly, about their politics. We care that they are outstanding in their field. Miriam Peretz is the name I was looking for just came back to me now. I'm sorry. She also won uh, the Israel Prize, as did uh, David Grossman, the author, and so forth. Um, So, you can believe left, you can believe right, you can believe whatever you want. Uh, It it shouldn't have any bearing on whether you are, you have shown excellence in your field. This year, and and there are um, committees that choose from amongst the, the different uh, candidates in different areas. And this year, the Committee for Math and Sciences and Computer Sciences um, chose a, a rather brilliant scientist by the name of Oded Goldreich, who, in addition to his great accomplishments in sciences, is also a member of the Communist Party in Israel, He's also publicly accused IDF soldiers of war crimes. He signed a petition to the German parliament to, um, to take BDS, belonging to BDS, outside of uh, the definition of anti-Semitism. That means uh, one of the, if one of the definitions of anti-Semitism is BDS, he was asking that it, it be taken out of that definition. BDS shouldn't be considered anti-Semitism, even though it calls out Jews in particular and the state of Israel in particular over all the others. Um, and he also signed a petition that requested from the European Union to um, to, to a ban, have a ban on the university at Ariel, which um, Israel really worked long and hard to put up university at Ariel, which is doing very well, but it, Ariel is a little bit over the quote-unquote green line, and so our mathematician, uh, Oded Goldreich, 
um, signed this public petition urging the EU, the European Union, who do enough harm for Israel, urging them to uh, not have any contact with the university. So the problem is that here's a person that has radical left-wing views. He's a member of the Communist Party. That's okay. That's part of the game. But when you sign public petitions against Israel, that's where the red line should be drawn. And um, it, of course, went to the high court because everything goes to the Supreme Court in Israel. What kind of tissue you should use if you sneeze goes to the high courts in Israel, to the Supreme Court. So they ruled that the committee should re-examine it and so either way, he will not be getting the award on this Yom Ma'ut. But as I mentioned earlier on Nachum's show on James the AM, uh, his uh, colleagues at Weizmann Institute already had a little ceremony for him in which they said, oh, don't worry, we don't need those awards from these fascists, governments. I'm just, I'm, I'm sort of like putting myself in their place. They didn't say it in these words. Maybe they did, for all I know. We, you have our respect, and that's much more important. Anyway, that is a little bit about the uh, controversy taking place now about the Israel prizes. One thing I want to mention, which I read about, and I did not know until today. Two people were offered the Israel prize. They were nominated, they were accepted, and they were requested to ac- accept the prize, and they refused because... They felt they weren't worthy. David Ben Gurion, which is interesting, and Harav Svi Yehuda HaKohen Cook was offered the Israel Prize but felt they weren't worthy. Rabbi Grossman of Migdal HaEmik, by the way, is one of those people who it was awarded and should have been awarded, in my opinion, and was awarded the Israel Prize. Just an example. Okay, we're going to have to wrap up. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And a very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock with After Further Review. And Novik now with Jake Novik looking at the stories of the day. And then the great Monday Music Marathon. Special week coming up. I'll be joining Nachum on Thursday for the annual Yom Ha'atzma'ut celebration. Join us. It is always an amazing show uh, over at JM in the AM. On Thursday, on Wednesday, I'll be joining Nachum for a segment or two on Yom Hazikaron as well. So we hope to see you there. And then next Monday, immediately following Jame in the AM, right back here at the Israel Show. This is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh, no, they're just running in a different race. Uvarech et nachletecha 
Thank <laughs> you. 